Proverbs 31. And let me uh, try to put you in context. I understand that with holidays, uh, uh, you're supposed to preach on the theme of that holiday. And today's theme would be, um, is for those uh, soldiers who never made it out of uniform. And I, I seen that this, uh, this week. The Armed Forces Day is for those still in their uniforms. And we do need to honor our uh, people that have served. Veterans Day is for those who've hung up their uniforms. My father's a veteran. I think Brother Joe, uh, he served a veteran. And, and we thank them for their service. It's important that if your country calls or needs you, that you are willing to defend uh, and serve your country. And uh, those people need to be recognized. And maybe as we grow and Maybe I get more tactful uh, and better at what I'm doing. Maybe we'll have a, a, a Memorial Day of veterans. I know Pastor Tom, he has a, a, a man come in and they, they, they march the flags down the aisles and uh, they have a, a sergeant major or a major. Is it a sergeant major? Uh, he come in and speak to the church, and that theme is always about service to the Lord, and, and that's good. Maybe we'll do that. Uh, some places, when they get into honoring the police officers and the firemen, the people that serve in the community, and, 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 and I'll get there. I'm working on that, you know. Uh, but today, what, what sparked this, what got me to thinking, because I was wanting to tie it all together, because I knew what the Lord wanted me to preach and my thinking is, Memorial Day, uh, for those who've never made it out of their uniforms, and that thought on never making it out of the uniform, I want to talk about the virtuous woman. And, and, and plus, I'll, I'll talk about mothers also, because there's a phrase, once a mother, you're always a mother. And the thinking is, the battlefield is in the home. If you was to get there in Genesis chapter 3 about verse 15, you'll find that the Lord told Adam and Eve that there would be enmity between the woman's seed and the devil's seed. And that word enmity speaks of being war in the home. And uh, if you was to ask me what one problem is so predominant in America today, I would tell you that our homes have been destroyed. The devil has done his job well. And so my thinking is the home is a battleground. Now, I, I didn't mean that for husbands and wives. There shouldn't be a battleground between husbands and wives in the home. I'm talking about spiritual battle. The Bible is clear to tell us that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against that spiritual wickedness in high places. And the devil is against the home. The devil is against anything that God has instituted and ordained. And the mother, this virtuous woman here in Proverbs 31, is a woman who never takes her uniform off. She's always should be on guard against the forces of evil. The Bible has given her the task of guiding the home. She's responsible, and I likened it to like a head chef. Uh, if, if you've ever watched cooking shows, a head chef has a lot of power in the kitchen. And then you have sous chefs, and you have line cooks, and, and so on and so forth. Uh, but a head chef is not necessarily an owner. And so I liken that to the husband would be the head over the whole thing. Thing, but that woman has a lot of power in the home because the Bible strictly says that she is to guide it. She is to, to, to give that oversight there. Now, I don't mean to usurp authority over the man. That's not what I'm talking about. Uh, I'm talking about her place in the home. But now, Proverbs 31, I want to break this. I do want to read this chapter, and I hope that's not too much Bible reading
mean for you this morning. Uh, and, and I don't mean that in a mean way. I'm just trying to be a little funny. Uh, maybe somebody on the live stream would uh, be like, oh, I can't, I can't stand it when a pastor reads a whole chapter. Well, it, it should be okay. I mean, the words of God are wonderful words and beautiful words. And it shouldn't upset you that a pastor would want to read a whole chapter unless it was Psalms 119. Then we might have a little issue about that, especially if he had you stand for the reading of the Word of God. And then you're like, boy, and we're going to be here a long, long time. So let's begin reading in verse 1 of chapter 31 in Proverbs. He says, The words of King Lumiel, the prophecy that his mother taught him. So his mother's going to do some teaching. What, my son, and what the son of my womb, and what the son of my vows? Give not thy strength unto women, nor thy ways to that which destroyeth kings. It is not for kings, O Lumiel, it is not for kings to drink wine, nor for princes strong drink, lest they drink and forget the law and pervert the judgment of any of the afflicted. Give strong drink unto him that is ready to perish, and wine unto those that be of heavy hearts. Let him drink and forget his poverty and remember his misery no more. Open thy mouth for the dumb in the cause of all such as are appointed to destruction. Open thy mouth and judge righteously and plead the cause of the poor and needy. Who can find a virtuous woman? There it is. That's kind of one of my text verses here. Who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is far above rubies. The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her, so that he shall have no need of spoil. She shall do him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeketh wool and flax, and worketh willingly with her hands. She is like the merchant ship, she bringeth her food from afar. She rises also while it is yet night, and giveth meat to her household, and a portion to her maidens. She considereth a field, and buyeth it, and with the fruit of her hands she planteth a vineyard. She girdeth her loins with strength, and strengtheneth her arms. She perceiveth that her merchandise is good. Her candle goeth not out by night. She layeth her hands to the spindle, and her hands holds the, the, the distaff. She stretcheth out her hand to the poor. Yea, she reacheth forth her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. She maketh herself coverings of tapestry. Her clothing is silk and purple. Her husband is known in the gates, and when he sitteth among the elders of the land, she maketh fine linen, and selleth it, and delivereth girdles unto the merchant. Strength and honor are her clothing, and she shall rejoice in time to come. She openeth her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue is the law of kindness. She looketh well to the ways of her household, and eateth not the bread of idleness. Her children arise up, and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. Favor is deceitful, and beauty is vain. But a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands, and let her own works praise her. In the gate, let us pray. Our gracious Father, we come, we thank you now. Lord, help us today as we spend a little time on this virtuous woman in Proverbs 31, a mother, a woman, and she never takes the uniform off. And Lord, once a mother, always a mother. We understand that. And there's a great job and responsibility 
for our mothers, but great honor also. Help us today in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. As I said before, in the garden, God said that there would be enmity between the woman and the devil. He said there'd be at war, there'd be a battle. Romans chapter 1, it indicates, and I've preached on this before, but it bears repeating that the last line of defense in a nation right before the nation is fallen into apostasy is the woman. And when she falls, the Bible over there in Romans chapter 1 says that when the women, they lose that natural affection and they uh, uh, give up the use, the natural use that God has intended for her to be used and, and to work in the capacity of the home, when that is gone, that country falls off into reprobate and is not to be brought back. It is destroyed. So a woman's job is very important. And I think uh, many people have looked at Proverbs 31. I heard uh, some of the ladies talking. Every time they read Proverbs 31, there's no way they can measure up. This Proverbs 31 woman is, is quite a woman, uh, a, a, God, a godly woman. And I don't want to get in here to try to make you feel bad about not measuring up, but kind of view this as a standard, something that you can aspire to. And as I told the Sunday school class a little bit, don't get so caught up in all the day-to-day -day individual activities, but look at what the principles that she's using to guide her home and the thinking and her belief system, and then we see the results of that is in her actions. Remember this, the Bible is clear to say, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And what that verse means is how a person thinks creates emotions, and those emotions drive behavior. That is a principle in the Word of God. I've been on principles this morning and teaching about principles of sin and trying to get sin right. And the Bible has another principle. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. That's a principle. A principle is a truth that is never wrong in any dispensation or age. So if you want to sow to the flesh and sow to sin, then you'll reap uh, the sin and death and destruction. And the Bible, he uh, tells us... And motivates us to sow to the Spirit and the things of God. But these principles, I want to break some principles out here. And want to show them. I want to give you about three things. I want you to see her communication. I want you to see her conversation. And I want you to see her character. I break the chapter down about three into three sections here. But I believe it to be very important. And remember, the word virtuous. Because he says, who can find a virtuous woman? It means to act in conformity to the moral law of God. And again, I tell the people that are watching on the live stream this morning uh, that I'm preaching and talking about a biblical 
woman. That means uh, for this to make sense to you, number one, you would have to have a biblical worldview. I'm not talking about what the world's definition of a woman is. I'm not talking about the world's and the devil's definition of a virtuous woman. And by the way, if you're looking for a virtuous woman, I would not look to Hollywood to find one, okay? I'm talking about what God says is a virtuous woman. I'm talking about what this Bible teaches us about a virtuous woman and about a good mother and a good wife and what this Bible has to say about it because we're saved and we're Christians and we believe uh, in the Christian values and the, to live our lives in accordance and in agreement with the Word of God. We don't change our Bible to fit our beliefs, but we change our beliefs to fit and come in alignment with the Scripture. And so we see this virtuous woman is a woman who's going to act in conformity. She's going to conform herself to God's moral law. And so the question can be asked, what is a virtuous woman? And I would like you to see her communication. That means her talk. This woman's talk, and this was Solomon's mother. Solomon being King Lumiel. And his mother and mothers, you're going to be great teachers in the home. Uh, Mothers are the ones responsible for teaching principles in the home and, and, and when they guide that home. But teaching right from wrong, it was my mother that taught me to read. It was my mother that taught me scripture. Say, oh, I thought your dad was a great preacher. Well, he is a great preacher, but it was my mother that taught me. Actually, mom taught me how to read right out of the Bible with a Bible in one hand, and I believe it or not, a stick in the other. You're going to get this, Todd, (laughs) because if you're not, when you mess up, I'm going to whack you upside the head. I was an ornery little booger. Uh, Like I've told you before, I got a little resistant gene down me. So if, if I know I'm supposed to go one way, I will probably purposely go another way. That might be why I'm preaching on the virtuous woman this morning when everybody else more than likely in America is preaching on soldiers. And, of course, I've likened this woman here in Proverbs 31 to a soldier. Uh, You are a soldier, mothers and ladies. You need to be looking at your homes as a a battlefield that Satan wants to meet you on. And a lot of times you might not know what he looks like. I've said this to a number of folks. You might know what the devil looks like on the battlefield, but do you know what the devil looks like off of the battlefield? You ever thought about that? The Bible is clear to tell us that Satan is a transformer. That means he changes how he appears. And he can be transformed into an angel of light. Remember David there when he fell into sin? And what Nathan the preacher, the prophet said, there was a traveler that come by uh, David's house that night. And you say, well, that was just an allegorical story. No, it was not. It was something that really happened. David knew what the devil looked like on the battlefield. Hence, the Goliath. We can see the Goliaths of Gath. We can see the devil on that battlefield when he's all armed up and he's got a big spear. He's got an armor bearer that goes out before him. He's got a big mouth. But we don't know what he looks like when he comes knocking on your door wanting a little drink of water. And that traveler convinced him that night to take something that was not his. You say, how did David fall for that? Because he did not know what the devil looked like off of the battlefield. And mothers, 
Ladies, you need to know what the devil looks like off the battlefield because you're going to have to teach your children what he looks like when he's not armed on the battlefield. And so we see this mother doing some teaching here. She's a teacher in the home. In verse 3, look at this. And her communication and what she was verbal to her son about was in verse 3. She says, give not thy strength unto women. Mothers, it's okay to tell your kids no. It's okay to tell your kids that their mind ain't working right. You've lived a lot more life than they have. They don't understand that 10 hot dogs is bad for them. But you do. And you need to tell them that. They don't understand that they can get themselves into trouble when nobody's around and they're on their smartphone. They're on some uh, internet device. And the devil, you, you just don't understand what'll pop up. They might not be looking for it, but the devil will make sure that they see something inappropriate. And mothers, you need to tell and teach your children and learn to tell them no. But she's telling this man here, Solomon, you need to learn how to control your appetites. Give not thy strength to women. You say, what, what was he saying? He's saying, don't be chasing women. Remember the prodigal son? He went into that far country and he wasted his substance in drinking, riotous uh, living, and loose women, remember? Oh, that we would have more mothers that would teach their children the meaning of the word no. Here's why. Proverbs, your Bible says this. And Proverbs chapter 25, verse 28. He that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. Mothers, one of your jobs, a virtuous woman, she will learn how to communicate to her children that God has put in her care. And by the way, I'm going to put this in here because the Holy Spirit's running it through my mind. Don't you sit back and complain about how you could run this country right and how you could put it up in, in, in the right shape when you can't even manage your own children. God give you a blank palette. When that child was born in the world, they didn't know the difference between right and wrong. And by the time a child is three years old, they'll have a, a close to a 2,500 word vocabulary. And you get to decide what words there will be in their vocabulary. Whether it's all cuss words or whether it's little words like Jesus loves me, the B-I-B-L-E, and, and scripture. You get to decide that. You get to teach that. And I find so many times today when I'm out in this community, uh, like in, in uh, I was in Little Caesars back last year, year before now, it's been two years ago. And I was watching this mother totally cuss a little five-year-old out right in front of everybody in a Little Caesars. And he was cussing her back. Now, folks, maybe a psychologist would say that's not abuse, but I say that is abuse that's abusive that child was learning words that they should have not known and they was being treated and shoved around verbally in ways that they should not and they was not being taught how to control their spirit those natural desires those appetites but Bathsheba, a virtuous mother, she is saying, look, a virtuous woman will teach her children the meaning of the word no, to be able to control your appetite. She's a teacher of principles, verses 3 and 4. She says, 
It is not for kings, O Lumiel, it is not for kings to drink wine, nor princes strong drink. I read this about Jack Hiles. Jack Hiles is a, a, a famous preacher of years gone by. He said his mother, when he was a boy, spend hours in the living room saying, now, if someone was to ask you to take some drugs, what do you say? No. And she taught him how to say the word no. She said, if someone was to ask you to take a drink of alcohol, what do you say, Jack? And he'd say, no. She taught him how to say no. He said, she drilled, she brainwashed me. <laughs> he said, she brainwashed me. <laughs> He said, I never could have no fun in life before I got saved because everything was always no. That was the first word I taught our children. No, no, say no. Say no to it. The kids, oh, they always want to go out to eat when they were little. And I'd say, no, say no to it. Say no to it. Teach your children how to say no. Teach them how to control those emotional impulses. Today, we have problems with children. They cannot regulate those emotional impulses because they've not been taught. She's a teacher of reason for the principles. It's one thing to tell your child no. It's a complete different thing to tell them why the answer is no. Verse 5. Here's why she told him and give him some what we call boundaries. The do nots. Don't do this. Lest they drink and forget the law. He says when you lose control of your natural appetite, you will forget the law of God. And then she says, and then you'll pervert righteousness the right way. When you will not control those emotions and, and parents. Now, you got to get this. I'm going to lay something real deep on you. You take a four-year-old, a two-year-old, a three-year-old, a five-year-old. They've never experienced a lot of the emotions that they exhibit. They've not learned how to hide them like us adults have. And so when you tell them no and they come unglued on you, and they're like, oh, they can't stand the word no. No, it's not the word no they can't stand. They don't want to have nobody rule over them. And you got to teach that. They don't come out of the womb naturally wanting to obey. And so you got to teach them what is inappropriate behavior. The first time, and people say terrible twos. And they just throw those little fits, you know. They want to eat with a fork and you got them. And they're throwing food all over every place. That's a No. And so you tell them no, and they just ball up, and they come unglued. You go to touch them, and they black out, and they just come, come unglued. You know what you do with that? You say, oh, poor baby, we're going to have to get that child some Xanax. They must have ADD. No, they don't. They got Adam. And so what you do is you take them, and you teach them that that's inappropriate behavior you got to teach them. They've never had that emotion. They don't know what's controlling them. They have no control over that spirit. And a person that has no control over these emotional impulses are like a city with no walls. A mother's job is to teach her children how to control those emotions. we got a bunch of killers. Why do you think there's people running around and doing mass shootings? Oh, they're afflicted. You better believe they're afflicted. They've never been taught no. And they've been taught how to you just do whatever you want, whenever you want, however you want. Oh, you can't tell somebody like me to do that. I'd live at a Chinese buffet. 
And I couldn't tell you to do that. But we've raised a generation because mothers are not doing the right job in the home. Their communication is wrong. Let me give you a reason for this. You teach them the meaning of the word no. This develops the spirit in the person and the soul and the body together evenly. When just the do nots are taught, that's the separation, don't do that. And the child, once they get about the age of accountability, they'll begin to ask, well, why? <laughs> the right answer is not, well, just because I just told you. That works when they're one, two, three, four, and five because they've not reached the age of accountability. But somewhere around eight to 12, their little mind, and you're dealing with a human, it has the ability to reason and to follow things to logical conclusions. And because they've not lived a whole lot of life, they don't have a lot of the answers that they need that you're supposed to be teaching them. And you want to be able to develop their spirit, their soul, and their body together. Now here's why. The virtuous mother, she understands the emotional instability that comes from outside pressures. Moms, your children are going to come under tremendous outside pressures from the world, from the devil, from the flesh. And you're going to have to teach them how to handle the oppressor. Here's what the Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 4. So I returned and considered all the oppressions that are done under the sun. And behold, the tears of such as were oppressed, and they had no comforter. And on the side of their oppressors there was power, but they had no comforter. Tears and emotional instability are the result of being oppressed. There's a whole lot of people that are on anxiety medicines, and if you are, that's, that's fine. I'm telling you there's just more than chemical uh, deficiencies in the body for the reasons people are on this. There is oppressions, and mothers, a virtuous woman, understands that there's the oppressions. That's why I said the home, there's a battlefield. The devil wants to destroy the home. And he begins to oppress those children. And if you have not conditioned your children or let your children and teach them to understand that the devil wants them, that everything that looks good or if it all glitters, it's not gold. They need to know that. And let me tell you something, parents. Some decisions children don't need to make until they're after 18. I'm serious. I think that is right that a mother and a father would make the decision even the law of the land says that they're not ready to make those decisions they can't control emotional impulses they've not had enough life experiences and you need to understand women that there are great oppressions in our children as a pastor these last 10 years i have counseled more children that cry and their, their tears of instability and they have mental anxieties because of oppressions and their mothers have never taught them anything about the side effects of sin their mothers just let them go do whatever they want the worst things you can do is run your kids to a room give them a smartphone or a video game or internet access and close the door behind them and just let them figure it all out i got news for you the devil will help them figure it out and the problem with that 
is they'll get hooked on something that they have no business being hooked on and it'll oppress them and oppress them and destroy them. The virtuous woman knows this and communicates this. She teaches her children to control their spirit. Let me tell you something, mothers. The best thing that you'll ever do is not involve your children in sports. The best thing you could ever do for your children is not giving them everything that you never had when you grew up. You need to get rid of your daddy issues. And men too. Get over it and raise your children right. Because oppression is coming. The most important thing that you can do for your children. Now you hear me. This is why Christian kids go bad in Christian homes that were, uh, that were put in Christian schools and were in church every Sunday. Why'd they go bad? I'll tell you why. You can't just give them rules to live by and never develop their spiritual side. God is a spirit and must be worshipped in spirit and truth. And the best thing you could ever do for your child is say, I don't care if you don't want to go to church. You need church. You might not need it today, but you're going to need it somewhere down life's road. And you're going to need your spiritual side developed so you can handle the oppression of the wicked one. These little children learning how to... You know how many days I've gotten through the day just by singing Jesus Loves Me? Let me tell you something, I'm 51 years old and there's been some dark days in my life and that was a little song that I learned as a child was what got me through. I got news for you, baseball ain't getting your kids through hard times in life. You need to be very concerned about developing your child's spirituality because they'll never have a relationship with God until they've been quickened spiritually. You can give them all the rules that you want, all the do-nots. You can separate them. You've seen it. We could sit here and name names all morning and talk about the people you know, the people I know that were, had some strict rules in their home for all practical purposes. They looked like they were godly people. And as soon as their child turned 18, they went to the dogs. You say, why? I'll tell you why. It's more important to develop them spiritually. That's what died in the garden. And the virtuous woman knows that about her children. She's looking out for the best welfare of her children. And she knows that they're not at the age of accountability. God has given them to her to help bring along and to do a good work. And so you get them involved in church. You teach them scripture. You teach them songs. You teach them how to serve God. Because that's what will get them through the hard times. But I see her conversation. That's her walk. That's her actions. So the mother is verbal in the home. And her verbalness is not about gossip, backbiting, running the preacher down. It's about things of God and good things. And I said last week, moms don't run daddy down in front of the kids. It's not good. It's not right. You don't do that. You say, well, you just don't know my husband. Well, you need to take care of that stuff behind closed doors, but not in front of the kids. Seriously, it hurts them. It affects them. But her conversation, her walk, her actions. Verse 11 says that her husband trusts her. Her husband does not have to go to war to support her. He says her husband doesn't have to support her on the spoils. 
Listen, ladies, the virtuous woman doesn't put her husband in hock to get her new fancy jewelry and whatever else they, she might want. She's always looking out for the best welfare of her family. Now, I didn't say jewelry, hairdos, and pedicures, and whatever they all are, are bad. I didn't say that. I, Jen, it's not, a, it's not a shot across the bow to tell you you can't get your nails done this month. That's, that's not what I meant by that, sweetheart. You deserve it. <laughs> You've raised your children, and you're a virtuous woman. Deserve us. But you know. <laughs> you all know what I'm talking about. This Bible said there in verses 13 and 15, she's industrious. She looks for the best deals. I've always smiled at myself when the ladies are talking about what stores has the best deals. That's what the virtuous woman does. She doesn't want to pay too much for something that she knows she can get down at Aldi's for 50 cents. Where you get it at Walmart for $2. Like, I'm not doing that. I'm going down there. That's a virtuous woman. She's looking for the best deals. She provides well-balanced food for the family. Not Hot Pockets. TV dinners. No, it's not in there. I'm sorry. I threw that in. I don't think that was from the Holy Spirit of God. <laughs> but she provides well-balanced meals for the family. He says, this Bible says she gets her food from afar. You say, oh, so she went to the far reaches of the world? No, she went to the market and got... Tomatoes are not always in season. <laughs> Neither is pineapple. <laughs> but you need both. <laughs> you, you see what I'm saying? Potatoes are not always in season. But if you bring them in from another place, you can have potatoes. You can have fruit. You can have watermelon. You can have uh, <laughs> green beans. <laughs> but you'll have to bring it in from afar. She's industrious. She understands that. She's an early riser. To make sure her family is well fed. I remember my mother. My whole life. I, I didn't know it worked any other way. My dad always got up early. About four o'clock to go to work. He worked. He had to work. Seven of us kids. Mom got up with him. And not only did she make breakfast for dad. Which in dad's household. Oatmeal was a punishment. We, bet, we would literally get in the store and beg mom to buy cold cereal. We would literally beg. Mom, please get us some Captain Crunch. I want the prize. Then we'd all fight over the prize. Uh, we never got cold cereal. It was rare. Very rare. Mom got up. She was fixing things like pancakes, biscuits, gravy, eggs, omelets, bacon so well that's what's wrong with you oh well they wouldn't let me overeat there was seven of us to eat but my mom got up before daylight for years i i thought she still was doing it but mom said no i quit doing that you know, about when when the girls got on i was like okay i didn't know <laughs> and i'll say this we even asked today when we go for thanksgiving or something who's cooking because depending on which sensor's cooking depends on whether I'm going or not. Because <laughs> not all my sisters were gifted to cook. Now, my sisters, I love y'all, but not all of you can cook. Mom could cook. That's what a virtuous woman does. She's analytical, verse 16. She can buy. She's looking at property. She considereth a field. She's analytical. She can analyze good purchases. She buys to make a profit. She makes improvements. 
This strengthens her for position to further help her family. She also has discernment. This virtuous woman, verse 18, she perceiveth. That's discernment. She can discern that what she makes is useful for profit. Ladies, you want to get into a good trade? You work right from home? Seamstress. They're in short supply. I am not going to ask you for a show of hands of how many ladies could hem pants, put a zipper in, sew buttons on, make a shirt, make a dress. Yeah. It got quiet. I'm not being too hard or mean, am I, ladies? Sorry. No. Okay. I told you I'd back off a little bit. Don't want the ladies mad at me. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I'm hurrying. I can, I can see the lady's like, getting close, getting close. push a button on him. <laughs> oh, man. She knows what she makes is useful profit. She works late, but she has charity for those that are in need. But let me give you her character in closing now. I'm, I'm about done. Her character. And this is, this is what you need to strive to. Don't get caught up in all the individual things she's doing. Learn to look through that and the principles she's using that motivates her, the thinking that she has that creates the right emotion that drives the right behavior. Her character. That's her being, her reputation. Look with me here. It says her husband, in verse 23, is known in the gates. Her reputation precedes her. You men know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, you know, oh, man, that's Brother Billy. Oh, man, you know his wife. I'm surprised he's even here. Oh, his wife. Oh, oh yeah. Well, this virtuous woman, her reputation perceives her, and her husband is known in the gates. And I don't mean in a bad way. They're like, hey, that dude's got his act together. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I match today, don't I? Y you all see me when I have to dress myself, don't you? Yeah, yeah, okay, most of you have, that's right. <laughs> if I look good and polished, it's because of the woman that's behind me. She has great strength and honor. She has great wisdom, verse 26. She openeth her mouth with wisdom. Why do you think that I ask my mothers, I, I, I like the opinion of my mothers, when we got to make a decision in the church. Why? Because virtuous woman has wisdom when she speaks. You know, it's kind of nice, and I'm enjoying it now. I know the day's coming when I won't have it available. It's kind of nice to be able to pick up the phone and call either my mom or my dad or both to pick their brains for words of wisdom when I'm about to make a decision. That's nice. That's nice. And it's doubly so when it's a virtuous woman. We have some in this church. You say, well, I don't feel so virtuous. That's why I said don't get caught up in all her activity but what her thinking is that you can learn from this chapter, which creates her emotional state, which drives her behavior. And her husband praises her. Ladies, does your husband praise you? 
Does he praise you in front of others? No, I've never heard him say a kind word. Well, okay, I'll get on that. <laughs> Might be a problem on his end. Do you want to be a virtuous woman? And I will tell you, and I'm glad I'm not a lady, being a virtuous woman is hard work. It's really hard work. It's hard work. You've got, and we've said this, a man works from sun to sun, but a woman's work is never done. And that is correct. And you know, she's a forgotten soldier in the home. We make light of it. And maybe if we start honoring our wives, <laughs> maybe they'd act better. Now I'm back on the men again, ain't I? That's because I'm warming up for the men. But ladies, that is a look on what you need to aspire to be a virtuous woman. So you need to have good communication in the home. You need to have good actions in the home. Your conversation needs to be right. But above all, your character needs to be right in the home. You know, I can spend about four or five minutes with a person and tell you a lot about them just by letting them talk. You know that day I told you about that mother abusing that little five-year-old boy in Little Caesar's Pizza. I knew a whole lot about that woman. I knew she had no integrity. I knew she was not of a good character. And she was destroying that young boy. No wonder our country's in a mess. No wonder. We need more virtuous women. Mothers, I understand that sometimes you get upset. Say, it seems like all I do is spend time in the nursery or telling the kids all the time what not to do. Let me tell you, that's your job. And there's nothing wrong with that. You're conditioning your children how to set time aside to help them spiritually. My mom spent over 20 years in a nursery. She never did get a regular service until the kids all got old enough they could sit in church. But it was not wasted time. Mothers, you're very important. You're very vital. Ladies, young ladies, this is good for you. You need to see this. This is what your, your long-term goals need to be in life. To be a godly woman. And you're going to make that decision. If you're 10, 11, 12, 13, you're already making those decisions now on what course you're going to set in life. You're already sitting there thinking right now, I don't want no part of As soon as I can, I'm out of here. I hope you're not thinking that. I hope you would want to do it God's way. Say, well, it ain't very fun. It can be. And you do it right. There's joy unspeakable. Let's all stand this morning. A virtuous woman. Her price is far above rubies. I think that means it's because she's rare. It's a rare gem. A very expensive gem. A song of invitation, please. Heads bowed, eyes closed.